Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and uh, awesome. welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. I am your host, as always, RUScreening.com's <laughs> own Mark Eastman. A new lead-in. Here we go. And uh, now it's not really new. And that was, that was uh, with me, as always, that's what we're getting. <laughs> I'm the as always. That's right. Is uh, co-host uh, extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And uh, this week we're coming. Sorry, we were late there. Uh, we had some tough. Technical difficulties, you were basking which is so funny. That's right. It's so hot here. We were yeah. we were actually lost in talking about the fact that we found a cool spot, <laughs> a nice, comfortable which was really great. This week, uh, we are covering Epic and Now You See Me. Right. And I think, actually, it's uh, going to be an interesting show, although uh, I, I almost wish we could have been a little more instant with Epic. Because, me too. Uh, Strangely enough, yeah. I, I had a pretty good reaction to that. Yeah. And I was actually kind of surprised that I had a little bit, yeah. uh, such a Have positive you... reaction to that, just because, you know, animated movies, I guess, to su- one extent or another, reviews only matter so much, like, yeah. to Epic, right? You're right. taking your kids anyway. Right. It You're doesn't really it. matter. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter what we say. <laughs> right. Depending well, right. on what age group it looks like it's made for or whatever. Right? We're not going to come out and sway you and you're like, i got to take my four-year-old to Fast and Furious right. because those guys said it was no good. Because they said Epic's happen. no good. You're so going to see it anyway. Right, right. Yeah, but anyway, the, you know, the, the reviews yeah. that I read have not yeah. been very positive. And most people are saying, oh, it's just a ripoff of this and that, and then with a Ooh. dash of this in it and, and all that. And, and I was going into the movie thinking, oh, I'm... I'm really just, just going to be yeah. bored, and it's yeah. going to be just a you know, cheesy ripoff of a bunch Something, of other stuff that I've seen right. a million times before. And you know, then when we got done watching it, I mean, I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah. I, I think you know, I know we, we talked about a similar thing to this before, but so the movie involves really small people. Right. Right. <laughs> and that does not make it a ripoff of like the borrowers <laughs> right. or you know the yeah, littles like the old cartoon yeah. show or whatever like that it's like you know just because you make any movie ever again that right. has people who are Tiny. one inch high right. right that does not mean you're, you're ripping, ripping off, off the borrowers or, right you know, anything. Yeah. yeah come on really anyway and um you know there was uh, uh what i thought was weird is that i haven't heard anyone i suppose it's like political suicide to say the wrong you know negative comment about a movie but right. uh, what i after the movie i thought how come no one has said anything if you're going to bag on the movie and you you want to not like the movie and say bad <laughs> yeah. things about it right why isn't anybody you know saying how it's so kind of uh goofy in its Tree huggery green right, right. agenda. This isn't know? so bad because I guess you can't. Right, right. That would right. <laughs> that would single you out. That would not be good. It's not like and it, Belly. And, it's not. And, but that, it's not. It's even, not even that. So. It doesn't even lean that far to it. But if you're gonna complain, I saw right. some reviews. That complained I, I, about I would not complain about that because I, I thought I thought they did a fine job with it. But what I was I was just thinking if you. It's right there. Right. If you're going to be ripping on the movie for stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense anyway. In a lot of ways, this is a very funny movie to contrast with Now You See Me. But we'll get to that in a second. You've said in the past that we've done these. Statement. Well, because it's basically well, ripping off all the right. Well, we'll get to it. <laughs> you know, you've said in the past, and we've talked about how if 
if you ever watch like the special features on any Pixar film, you'll see, especially the newer ones going back, you'll see like a how they did it really right. a fully involved documentary basically. And it's also they're and they're also on YouTube. It's not that like they've done it, but they've basically said like here's the Pixar formula. Like this is how we do what we do. Right. There is to some extent looking at you know Epic and being like, eh, it's kind of color by numbers. Okay, but right. you can say that about Pixar's movies. And and it and is Pixar's films. Are and, great. and it is. And and that is a funny thing. And I, I know when I think the DVD that that was on came out, I mentioned it. And I don't know. I thought it was or, brave. Or I, or I mentioned it at some point. It was one of those because we it were wasn't, talking about brave. I don't but think it was, it was brave because that was too new. I feel like it's on the DVD of Up. And. I could I be I could be wrong about that, but there's a special feature on one of their things where what they do is like you know the like, fe- the featurette right. is called like you know how to tell a story or <laughs> right, something yeah. like that, and they run you through. They go okay, so first this has to happen, and they right. show you a bunch of Pixar movies. They, they all do the same. They show thing. you a bunch of clips right. of all the Pixar movies. Then they go, you know, then there's this uh, friendship has to start. Right. Then there has to be this. Uh, problem where they don't like each other for a little while right. because there's some this and that and they'll show you little clips of when it like, happens in, in like every toy this story movie you know and everyone's watching toy story mo- movies you know going right. see how original and, right. and yeah. different and crazy yeah, this and, is and then and then they give you a special feature where the guy has his like you know 15 bullet points right. or something and shows yeah. you how they're in every single movie yeah and at some point, that's got to be okay, right? Because you could do that with almost Any, every movie, right, right? right? So there's there's some kind of line somewhere that you have to draw between you know ripping off movies mm-hmm. or being the same as all movies or you know whatever. It's almost like at some point you're you know you're just being silly if that's your if that's your if, argument, if that's your complaint. If, right. it's, it's almost like going. Um, you know, I watched the movie and I could clearly tell where the three acts were and right. how they changed from one to the other. Right. I mean, that's just like Duh. well, Stories the fact the fact that the movie right. telling a story at all is <laughs> right. a problem for me. I mean, yeah. you know, anyway, I just didn't. Uh, you know, maybe it's one of those things where I went in with really low expectations because I was thinking all these negative things right. that people were saying, and then I liked it. But but I liked it when we I mean, saw. I it, thought it was good. I yeah. didn't think it was really like. I walked out and said, I have to give that five stars because right. that was the this most was, awesome thing it, ever. It was no but up. it was really good. Yeah, it's no Brave, it's no Up, it's no Wreck-It Ralph. It's, you know, it's not one of these, it's not The Incredibles. But it was not, you know, the the bastion of plagiarism and shoddy work. I, I had a lot of fun watching it. Right, exactly. And, I, and I thought it was really it. cool. And not only that, but, you know, one of the things, you know, there are a lot of these animated movies that come out, and more and more every year, right. that... You you've got two camps basically of animated movies you can see, and one of them is like Pixar dominated, right? Except that uh, you know DreamWorks is kind of edgy, making maybe. a play yeah. with certain movies like Wreck It Ralph, right. and then sure. you know you've got some others that are really trying to go. They're off look, on the right I'm trying start. to make an awesome movie, right? right? Right. And the other camp is just complete throwaway garbage movies right. that it, you know we have to churn a few of these out every year because we'll get that kid money right parents want to take their kids to the movies yep. and we can't have everything go straight to dvd right. so right. we just chuck out we'll some movies and they are 
by and large, really horrible. Really bad. <laughs> you can tell they're cash and, grab and, and your kids yeah. might still like them. Right, but so you, it's okay on some level, right? But yeah. if you have to watch it with them, you're getting nothing. Out I never of that, understood right? it. You know, it's funny growing up. You know, you reach that point where if you're a movie lover, as we were, you know, as a teenager, you go see the films for yourself, and even as a late teen, you know, early twenty guy, you're into these films, and then either you get kids or you become like the uncle or the godfather to someone who's, and you've got to go to these films, and then you realize, like, when they're bad, you're like. I got to sit through 90 minutes of this because right. I, the kid's going to love it, but I right. hate it because I think it's ripping off everything from the right. Flintstones to up. And, and not only, and only then do you get that appreciation. One of for the it. Uh, one of the things that that really stands out if you're looking at those uh, two levels or whatever of of movies is in the bad ones they just pay no attention to characters at all. Yeah. Like the characters yeah. are just like. I don't know. This is Whatever. the good guy and something, right. right? And this one had really some interesting characters in it, and yeah. even like the you know smaller bit parts. Yeah. You know, one of the, like hall- the plugs. one of the hallmarks for me on uh, a movie that sucks <laughs> is these the little bit characters that they always have right like every movie has them every animated right. movie has these little guys and in the bad movies they are just so horrible yeah. that it's like every time you see them on the screen you want to like close your eyes they're terrible it's like yeah. and one of the ones that really stands out for me is hercules the oh see i was shifting old, gears a little the, the old disney movies yeah. like all the little bit characters in yeah. that are so terrible it's not even well it's not even a i mean i i automatically think of transformers I know it's right, not an right, animated right, movie. Right. It's not an animated movie, but I always think of those two right, robots that same. are all ebonically yeah. on each other. I'm like, God, please get them out of here. Uh, yeah, it's it's the same. Uh, it's, it's the same, same sort of thing. And yeah. and you know, quite frankly, that's another show we could do. But you know, Transformers right. is practically animated, <laughs> right. right? I yeah. mean, just because eventually, if you use yeah. enough CGI in your movie, right. it is actually an animated. Well, <laughs> an the, animated the Phantom movie, Menace maybe, is the right? worst animated movie ever. Well, that's true. But uh, anyway. Um, now that we've already jumped into Epic, we were going to kind of uh, shift things around here and try starting out oh, yeah, a different way and everything. But before we kind of get into that, the first thing that I want to do is uh, I want to mention a couple of things. One of them is uh, on June 7th, Violet and Daisy's coming out. And it is really good, but it's very weird. So don't hold me <laughs> to saying it was weird. Not I'll get I'll movie. get some email about that. Like people will go, what? This is crazy. Because right. You you want to make sure you know what you're getting into before you just walk blindly into that movie and go, you know, well, he said it was good. Right. <laughs> I heard right. this thing and he said it was right. good, and then it's like all of a sudden you're watching Tree of Life and you I didn't realize yeah. you, you were. I rented this for that. my kids. Right. So um, it's a it's a very crazy movie, and it's uh, Swarzy Ronan, I think that's mm-hmm. how you say her name, and Alexis Bledel are assassins and. And obviously very young assassins, and yeah. so it's got a strange angle going on there already. And uh, James Gandolfini is is the next person. Uh, the movie starts out, they like walk in, kill some people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's like right there yeah. at the very beginning, right? And uh, the next person that they're supposed to go kill is James Gandolfini, right. who is really kind of cool in this and, you know, at his... Gandolfiniest <laughs> in, yeah. in this movie, and and it's really cool. Um, but it is it's a very strange movie, and it has lots of very odd kind of twists going on. And it 
it's it's just confusing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to, you can't even explain what the movie's about. But anyway, I just wanted to mention if if uh, anyone has a chance to see that, that is actually a really good movie. So so check that out. Um, and then what we were going to do is uh, switch off our star ratings. So for people who have been listening to us for a while, we had the idea that we would get over the fact that we keep ending like right at the last second um, when we don't want to go over the live show because for the most part, you know, we'd, we'd rather not do that. But, um, but it always comes down to the fact where, you know, we can never stop talking. So we, we end up going and yeah, it was three stars. Goodbye. And so what, what we thought we would try to do and maybe we'll get some emails and, and maybe we'll, look at the listening statistics and find out that everybody tunes out right away as soon as we say, but we were going to start out with the star ratings, which I think is uh, even maybe more interesting for us. And so hopefully it's it's more interesting for the listeners because as we start talking about the movie, we might change Then by the time we get to the, where we're saying what the ratings are. Right. I mean, I know what rating you're going to give right. it anyway. I was just listening to you talk right. about it for the whole time. Right. So we're pretty much there. So now what we're going to do is switch that up and rate them first and then review them. And then, right. and then we have to like kind of back up that rating. So yeah. it's a slightly and, different. And the general idea also that we were talking about is when you go to any site at all, whether it's Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic, whether it's a Time magazine, whatever, you see you see the review right there. You see the guy says right. Roger Ebert gave right. us four stars, right. and then right next it. to the title. So there's is no way to avoid stars, it. Right. So we just thought, look, why not just get it out of the way, and that way we don't rush and feel rushed. Right. Apart and from the very we'll few people who review movies and don't give them ratings, right? Which I think is funny because uh, most of them. Uh, I think it's really cool because there are reviewers out there and a couple of them that I even like okay uh, that just don't give ratings. Right. They don't give thumbs up. They don't give stars. They don't give anything yeah. like that. They just write a review and then you just deal with you it. You have to discern you, you what just, that rating is. You yeah. just do whatever. But then they're on Rotten Tomatoes. And right. They, and then they have to rate it. Right. And I think right. that's so funny that you go through well, to their review yeah. and there is no rating. But I they think have to give one. I like, again, because we're kind of split. You like Rotten Tomatoes more. I like Metacritic more. And it's interesting when Metacritic finds some of those guys, uh, like David Denby is one that right. doesn't do it. They read his review and they're going, this sounds about and two they, and a and half. They give it to They him. give it a numerical right. value right. based on what it sounds like. Right. And I think it would be funny if you were David Denby and you read Metacritic and like, and you were, what? I gave that three stars? <laughs> right. Like, are they out of their mind? So, that would be cool. Anyway. But anyway, so. All right. Hey, Epic. So uh, we're going to do Epic first. And I don't know if we'll talk about it for very long because I don't, well, I don't, like I don't know that much. it rates yeah. it exactly. But I, I was giving Epic three and a half. No, that, that's a little more than me. I, I thought it was. You know, I thought it was a little bit above average. I thought it was. I thought it was a little bit above average, but I thought it was a little bit more above average. Yeah. No, and I just. I and part of that was I didn't read all the negative reviews. I just went in and saw it. We saw it. Right. We saw it in 3D. We did not see it recently. It was a week ago. Right. Um, And it was great in 3D. It looked beautiful. Yeah. The 3D was. The 3D was pretty cool. I just really thought that. um, You know, for me, when I'm looking at that specific kind of an animated movie, I thought it was fun. And yeah. more importantly, uh, I thought my kids had fun with it, but, you know, my kids really love Wreck-It Ralph. Right. 
And I think as far as kids watching the movie, something like Wreck-It Ralph is really, for them, it's just kind of like pure fun. Right. It's just like they just think it's fun and funny and everything like this. Yeah. And this movie, I thought, you know, they, they had a little bit different experience with it yeah. that I thought was good. Yeah. And I kind of added a little bit of maybe rating to it just just for that because yeah, I thought it was fine. it, it was kind of you know complex but interesting but still yeah. kind of fun and yeah. and I I loved the way that this movie really kind of worked on having characters where mm-hmm. you know uh, it, somebody else making this movie and I can't even remember the, the guy's name but um, the it, in a way, the, the main guy, elf, whatever mm-hmm. he is, character, um, he is. You mean the one that was Colin Farrell, that the the warrior elf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the main the name. main it's like while, so the main like warrior elf guy. <laughs> whatever. We're such, we're such great reviewers. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, he is like <laughs> tailor made to just go wrong so easily. Right. You know, he's to like. Be- He's like right on the edge of being really stereotypical, you know, trying to break authority type young guy, whatever, who then has to end up being the hero. Yeah. And the wrong people making this movie, he would just be so horrible. Right. And yet they actually said, but we want to make sure that we can try and make it work. Right. And, they, and they did. And it was great. And then like, you know, even uh, like the slug Right. That was Chris O'Dowd, which, right. which he is a, a person that I just love to see in this movie, too, because, right. you know, he's a British actor who is probably mainly known until he started getting big stuff here from the IT crowd, right. which is a hilarious show. And I just love the fact that he can actually, you know, kind of parlay that into into getting into some really big stuff and getting into some cool roles. And he's just hilarious. And he's uh, even on the new HBO show, uh, family, family life, family, Hmm. something. Um, There's, there's a new HBO show. It's got, it's, it's about three episodes deep right now. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's got the same people behind it as like that whole movie set, like best in show and waiting for Guffman and all that. And so, Theoretically, large parts of it are kind of improvised and, and right. all that. And like Chris McKeon is is like his dad in it, or Michael McKeon. Right. And uh, and it's it's hilarious. It's a very deadpan show, which yeah. he's really good at. But I just like I love seeing him in it. And he's you know he's really funny. He can like yeah. he can sell a line even when he's animated mm-hmm. and still make it really right. funny. So. I thought, you know, I, there was only one thing about the film, and it's it's not even a nitpicky thing. It was just every time the character was on screen, it it didn't feel like it was necessarily gelling with everybody else. And and she's got some talent. I I didn't like Beyonce. Beyonce plays the queen. Yeah, I every didn't, time I didn't she really felt either. So out of place. It actually yeah. felt to me as soon, and you know her voice as soon as you hear it. Right. 
it felt like very cardboard reading. Yeah. And very, everybody else is emoting, and you can hear, like, intonation and flex right. of personality. And she's just kind of, like, reading because she's Beyonce. Right. And she can get in, and she wants to be an actress. And she'll get and a great gonna, check for it. Right. And, and you'll get there'll be a bunch of people who want to go see it because they're Beyonce fans. So that's a hit for the box office. Sure. You know, I, she, did, she did great in Dreamgirls. You know, she's not horribly untalented, you know, this person who just gets, Acting-wise. Yeah. Right. I mean... But in this, I didn't think it was good for her at all. It, it was distracting every time her character was there because it was so right, monotone, right. like just blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, and it's... Uh, and it was a little bit hard, but that was really the only negative thing I had to say about the whole thing. Right, and, and actually, I really agree with that, too, because she was... It was almost like if you try to imagine that... You know, not that this is how this works or anything, but if you try to imagine that they were all just standing in a room together, right? Yeah. When they it filmed it, it used to it, work right? like that, but it doesn't. And so. and they and they're all, you know, live, right? Recording it as they do the scenes or right. something like that, and everybody's standing there looking at each other to like play off each other or something like that. Yeah. Except that Beyonce is somewhere else. She's in another room. At at a different time, doing it a a different way or something, and she's just kind of standing there. And it's it's weird because not that – like we said, I mean, I only gave this three and a half stars, so it's not like I loved it or anything. But, you know, there is when you're watching an animated movie and you're trying to kind of get a feel for the – voice acting right there is you know there are some times where it's like you've got michael myers and eddie murphy and shrek right and it's just as good as that gets pretty much right i mean they're they're just both great at the whole theory of doing that right and then somebody else shows up and you right. know maybe they've never tried this before and then it's like they they're not really sure what we're doing and we took their first take of it and right. said whatever yeah, just stick it, it in yeah and that that is kind of how she felt. She was it like, was just, it, it just wasn't it really. It didn't fit. Yeah. It just, it just didn't fit. Everything else, every single time there's somebody else, whether it's a single person, like Ronan at one point is off on his own and he's doing a monologue and then other characters right. are always around each other. Everything worked except whenever she was there. Right. And it's, and, and it's like sometimes you can kind of make it work or whatever, yeah. but it was almost like she, you know, she wasn't acting. Like, it was almost she, like, like she's, she she's going, I'm just talking, right. so it's I'm almost, not acting. Yeah, it's almost like know? she can't imagine her voice going in through somebody else. It's like when you put actors in front of green screens and they don't know what to do. Right. Some people are like, I can do this all day. Like, right. I've done this my whole life. And others are like, I'm always around people. Like, I need things. Right. She just, it, you know, whatever it was, she just didn't fit. And she's not in the movie a whole lot, but she's in it a bit. She's in and it. And whenever she's in, in it, it was distracting. Yeah. yeah. So. Anyway, but... But I think only adults, if anybody agreed with us on that, it would be adults. I don't think any kid was like, man, Beyonce brought that down. <laughs> right. You yeah. know, I don't think I, any I don't, kid really thought that. I don't really like the that. voice acting going on for her. And for whatever it's worth, your kid liked it, and we saw it, you know, uh, at a Saturday matinee last week in 3D, and all the kids in the audience seemed to really dig it. Right. You know, it was a big thing for kids. So. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, I, I don't know, that's Probably that's epic. Of, I mean, yeah. Of epic. Yeah, we it's we, worth seeing, we so. really uh, we really liked it. I really liked it anyway. Yeah, um, but it's you know it just kind of everyone. We're all we're saying is positive things. Everyone's going to be saying why is it not five stars, right? I mean, well, it's um, also not. It, well, that's it just, easy. It, it's also not five stars because it just it does enough, you know. But it doesn't it doesn't hit a ton of emotional points like up 
you know, and it doesn't have the most amazing in-depth story like The Incredibles. Right. You know, it's just, it, it hits all the right marks. It hits all the checklist points. It just doesn't really drill them home. Right. Or and, do anything and, best. And, you so. know, I think this is a movie where it's a good example of there's a certain sense in which I almost would give this, like, really close to five stars because I think what it is is how good it is, mm-hmm. that's kind of how good it's trying to be. It's yeah. not trying to be the next right massive Big thing. awesome thing. Right. It's trying to just be like a good fun right you know sort of thing and that's an okay thing to be. It wants it, to it, be yeah, it wants to be included in your DVD collection of kids library films. Right. And that's okay. And, and it should be. And, like that's it, good. It's not really yeah. necessarily trying to be the, the AFI 100 the, best, the next you know the next you know yeah. academy award winner right. or whatever. And you know that's Got to okay. be okay somewhere, yeah. and and right. it just doesn't it just doesn't like kind of bring enough to the table, I think, yeah. right. to to really expect to yeah. be five stars. I remember going back and and listeners, if they're new, they can always go back and listen to how we, you know, our it was very early in our podcast history how we grade and how we feel and look at films, and I think you said at one point not every film has to be. Casablanca. You can have just right. a film be a film for film's sake. It doesn't have to be the greatest film of all time. Because we're going to get sick of seeing every film try to be the greatest film of all time. And they could still be and five they could stars. Still be good. Right, right, exactly. And, yeah. and for me, this is a movie that is you know, almost close to that kind of a place. Yeah. It just doesn't doesn't have enough quite, yet, quite yeah. make it, you know? I mean, because it is, ultimately, I feel like you have to judge a film based on what it's trying to be. Right. And this movie does, I think, actually a really good job of being what it's trying to be. Yeah. It's just that that is not quite to the level where I would give it, you yeah. know, extra, yeah. extra bonuses or whatever for that. So, um, so that's epic. But I really still recommend it. And this yeah. is this is a movie too where I I'm actually really curious to see like what we get in like special features when it yeah that'll be when it comes one. out. Is it right. going to do you know some interesting stuff? Right. And it's kind of weird. I mean, this is a total throwaway, but you know, animated movie Blu-rays have. <laughs> recently taken a weird turn towards not really having interesting stuff for kids on the Blu-ray. And I'm like, what is going on with the theory behind animated movies right now? Because they come out on Blu-ray, I'm like, okay, well, now I got to check out what the special features are. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know, there is some interesting stuff on here. My kids don't want don't anything want to do with it. There's yeah. like no, there's no like little. Here's a. I mean, now the thing is that at, at one point they all came out with really stupid games, right? That you would do once and go, oh, that's cute or something, right. or like your kids would do it just to see what happens, right. and it's like, oh, look what Blu-ray can do, and yeah. we can make it do Those weird things, right? Yeah. And they were dumb anyway. I hated all of them. But the other features would also be things. That maybe kids would want to watch. Right. They would, they would be geared toward like a child audience. Now, yeah. I know for like the last four or five months, every every, mm-hmm. even not even necessarily just animated, but like every just kids, kids movie, Blu-ray. I'm like, there are no special features that my kids will, will care about. It's very weird. It's interesting. I think part of that is also you know, for things like up. You know, or, or or any of the really you know more popular films, they're certainly targeting those towards the adult. I actually wonder if they're not projecting and assuming that as these kids who see it get older, like they're going to be more interested, grow up something. into it, and grow into it, and be like, hey, yeah, I love that movie. I want to watch right, that now. Right. 
Um, I know when at you know my girlfriend's son, he he'll watch all that stuff anyway because he's that type of kid who's really curious about the behind. She the wants to stuff. know everything. He wants to and, see it all, right. and he actually wants to see them draw Merida from scratch, right, and right? Color her. You know, he's interested in that now. But as I'm watching it with him, I'm like, this should be kind of over his head anyway because <laughs> right. it's interesting to me. But you know, I love movies, but maybe he, they're going to grow into it. Maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I just thought this one. Maybe I, they're I trying to we'll, give the adults. This something one I to think will be it, an interesting test. Yeah. You know, to see one. Because I have no idea out. what's going to be on that one. Right. That'll be interesting. But now you see uh, me. Okay. So anyway, now you see me. Um, so. I, and that we did I, just I, see. I assume everyone knows, and yeah, we did just see that. So it's uh, Jesse yeah. Eisenberg, Morgan Freeman, Woody Harrelson, Michael, Michael Kane, Kane, Isla Fisher. There David is Franco. like the hugest crazy list. There's a lot and, of great. Uh, um, the Incredible Hulk. Mark uh, Ruffalo. Right. <laughs> you can't call him the Incredible who, Hulk. Uh, <laughs> you know who I really love, and I have loved him for a really long time because yep. – there for a long time, and now I'm I'm kind of wondering if he's getting too popular for me to love him as much as I. Uh, did don't be anymore. one of those guys. One of those guys where because finally... because now oh, no. now he's he's not in the same roles. You know what I used to love. Good. What I used to love about him is that he was oh. in these really awesome roles. Yeah. And now it's like. You know, hey, be in the Avengers. And, you know, if you want to be in the Avengers and get rich, that's fine. Right. But that's not the role where I went, man, I love him as an actor. Yeah, you know, know, not because he was the Incredible Hulk. And now if it's just going to be all these really big roles, although he was really good in this. I mean, he, he is really he, good in this. He, he, he does his he, job. He did a great job. Yeah. But my fear is that does that mean that I I'm now never going to get to see him again in something where he really delivers how good he really is. I'm going on record. I'm happy for Mark Ruffalo. I am he, too. He's put a lot of time in. He's worked a long time. That's and true. Parts and, and supporting parts. And you're never going to see, you know, you're not going to always see a person who toils away and look, he didn't, it's not like he worked in, you know, all these films just so he could finally get an Avengers. You know, it's he's not right, that right. guy. He his work has stood for itself and they were like, Look, this guy's great. Let's see what he can do. Right. And, and he, he just turns was, out he's awesome at them. But he was in some I mean, uh, smaller movies. Yeah. And you know a lot of them. Like ten years ago. Yeah. Even like I don't know, five or six years ago probably he was in some stuff where he was in movies, some of the movies I love and he's yeah. in them and he's awesome. Yeah. And some of the movies are okay, but he's still awesome. He's always awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The first time I saw him was You Can Count On Me. And yeah. I was just he like, was, wow, he stood out for yeah. everybody. And yeah. and you see this guy show up all the time, and you're like, wow, he's really great in that. And I remember just – it's hard. I'd have to look up all of his films. But I remember by the time he was in David Fincher's Zodiac, I'm like, man, Mark Ruffalo's just got to work more. He's so friggin' yeah. great in everything he does. Even when everything, like you said, falls around him, if he's in a dog film, yep. he's the reason to watch that dog film. Right. He's frigging amazing. He is a guy that, uh, you know, we even like throw this out 
once in a while when we're talking about movies. But yeah. he is a guy that I will watch anything he's right. in. There's only a few that because I'll Because no matter what else happens, he will be in he's it. Gonna be good. And yeah. I will just watch him be in it. Right. And the whole movie could end up being completely stupid I or remember, whatever. But I mean, he will still be good. We're shifting know? a little bit. But I remember I was on a flight to England and the in-flight film was Shutter Island. And I had read the book. And I'm like, well, I like Leo. You know, and I like Scorsese. Uh, uh-huh. And I'm like, it doesn't matter whether or not this is good or not. I'm going to get a performance from Mark Ruffalo. And well, yeah, exactly. It, right. Shutter Island was that not is, very that good. That is true. No, but he I, was, I he did was not like Shutter Island, Island at all. But yeah, he was. He's just great. You know, he, he's, he's awesome. really good. But anyway, the point is just, I, it, you know, it makes me a little nervous. Just yeah. Not for uh, him. Well, it's not like all of a sudden he's not going to be you, good anymore or anything. But if, if he now gets <laughs> yeah. popular enough that. He's just lined up for every next Avengers this right. and that, well, and then they reboot the Incredible Hulk again, right. and then you know you've got a lot. Of now time. you see me too, or right. something, and then you know that's yeah. that's a lot of time right. that he's You'll, got big big yeah. projects that he's working on. I'm like, but what if I just want to see him do something awesome again? Then good for you for having Netflix <laughs> or Hulu, and you can fire up. You can count I, I on can me. Just watch and me you can, or in the cut or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. All right. Uh, anyway. So uh, as as we know, this is the uh, movie uh, magic heist, whatever. Remember, let's it not is, get too right? far into this before we give our. That's ratings. right. Okay, so because um, it's very easy for us to fall uh, into. I a will. That's true. We we will do that. So um, I am giving this one three. Wow. Is that is that too no, much? No, or not, no, 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 no. It's, you no, just I, want to act surprised. No, no, no. I thought I thought that was probably. I thought you were going to be around two and a half. You know, but then right. talking to you a little bit more, I thought he's probably leaning towards three. I, yeah. I'm at two, and that's a very lenient two. I want to go right. a little lower, but see, and and for me, I, you know, I feel pretty comfortable with three, but at the same time, I will probably recommend this to people more than would be expected of a three. Uh, I think that. Hmm. I think that a lot of people will have a lot of fun with this. So and do I. We'll have a. Have a good time, and you know, here's a movie where this is kind of like one of my favorite kinds of movies. If you're not going to be able to watch awesome movies all the time, because right. that's just not going to happen, right? Right. And assuming that you can't just watch nothing but five star movies that right. you're going to love all, all the time, time, this is one of my favorite kind of movies because. If a movie has to go wrong, this is how I want it to go wrong. You know, it's like we kind of at least were trying something interesting mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe it went wrong. And it doesn't go so wrong that you can't have any fun with it. And when you're done, <laughs> you probably got some stuff to talk about at least. I mean, you're, you're, I will agree you're, that. If you if you go yeah. to the movie and you're going with a group of people or even if even like date night movie. Right. When the movie's over, you have some stuff to talk about, right. and even if you didn't like it, it's like, well, there was this, and there was right. that, and, and even, did this work, or right. that not work, or this was stupid, but I'll, but yeah. I loved this or something. There's at least a lot of stuff going on to be interesting, yeah. and it doesn't get to the point where it, it, it does go wrong, even for me, who liked it better, right. but it doesn't go wrong in the way where, you know, like, so when we walked out, we started talking about M. Night movies, right. like, right? They go wrong in the wrong way. They right. go wrong and right. then I don't want to talk about it at all, right? right? I don't want, I want to pretend I didn't watch it. Yeah. But this one at least has those 
interesting things for me where I think people will like it. And if you go and see it, you'll have a good time. And then, but if I say it's three stars, you're going, eh, well, I don't know. Well, no, but I want to, I want to recommend it like right. above three stars. Well, in it, a way. it does go wrong and it went wrong worse for me, but not to that point where there's that line where I tap you and I'm like, I'll see you in the lobby. <laughs> right. Like, tell me how it ends. Right. Like it didn't get that bad. I know there's, just, there were a couple parts of this movie were, though where, well, you, no, like, where it, we're watching yeah. the movie all of a sudden, <sighs> God. Which usually happens for my chair. Right, I not usually your get it from there. Well, there, you know, there are a lot of things to talk about. There are even a fair amount of things in it that I liked when it was working. When when I'm watching this film specifically, and it decides to go in the direction that it's going in, you have two choices, and I was able to do none of them fully, but all of them like half. Which is you just you either fight it and you hate the rest of it, or you give right. into it and you kind of accept like, okay, this is what it wants to do. And this is how it's going to do it, and it's not what I would do, but no one gave me the megaphone, and I'm not directing this, right. so I'm going to have to sit here and take it and find the enjoyment in it. And if you can do that, all the stuff that that happens will be more enjoyable. I couldn't do any of that. I didn't get angry enough to just be like, this movie sucks so bad, right. I'm leaving. But I couldn't give myself into it fully to be like, okay, this is stupid, right. but I'm going to have fun with it, you know, in the way that like – it's so weird to always think of Michael Bay films like that because I can do that. Like when I'm watching Con Air or something, I'm like, okay, this is totally stupid, right. but I'm going to have fun with it. And then I do. When we walked out, I'm like, I couldn't commit to having that movie happen the way it did. I just, I fought it. Right. And when I did, it's funny, there's a tagline. And, in it, and there is a sense in which the movie, uh, you know, almost really kind of forces you to. This is. This is not a movie where it goes wrong and it kind of goes, ah, oh, but come on, just play along with it. Right, for and a it's minute, not also, right? and, it, and it's about, look, this is like, a, it, this is a version of movie that I love. I love Ocean's Eleven kind of films. I love heist films. I love, even though I take a browbeating for it, I like the Mission Impossible movies where you're like, look, we have to break into the Pentagon, which is impossible. And I'm going to spend six minutes showing you and telling you how. Right. And everyone's like, so what are we going to do? And they're like, well, we're going to do it. And then you see how they do it. I love that stuff. I, right. I loved all those films. And this is basically Ocean's Eleven with a magician, not Harry Potter version, although we get to that, but more like a street magic, like sleight of hand. Right. What would you do? How would how would law enforcement capture four amazingly talented and very different magicians right. if they wanted to rob people? And that sounds awesome to me. And when you throw the and that's in, uh, you know, if you've seen the trailers and stuff, you kind of have a general idea of right. what's going on, but. The trailers don't really give no, you they don't. much to work with right. insofar as like what you're going to be actually seeing, what kind of movie you're actually right. going to be seeing. And that is, I think, a good explanation uh, you know, to a certain extent. What happens in the movie, at least from the point of like, let's say, you know, through the first act of the movie, yeah. what happens in the movie is that you've got four – not exactly street magicians, right. but you know, there's they're not there, well there's some variation to what yeah. what they do. Um, like one of them is is kind of a magician just because that's how he can rob people. Right. I mean, he's not even that's like James, Dave Franco. He yeah. uh, he does uh, you know magic for the masses on the street, right. but it it's all just a setup, right? right? Yeah. So he can do some magic, and he has other talents, right? So. Right. This is kind of like a movie where 
you know, it's like a, a, a weird spin on lots of old heist movies mm-hmm. that are actually more about the guy picking the crew. You right. know, which, than the actual job. Like, right. like the Thomas Crown Affair is like one that everyone will think of. But yeah. at the time, there were a lot of movies like right. that had kind of a formula like that. And so this time, it, it's sort of like that. But the crew we're picking is all, uh, you know, um, Jesse Eisenberg is almost like kind of a David Blaine, yeah. kind of a really yeah. like a street magician, at least right. as far as we see him yeah. in, in, the, right. in the setup parts. And uh, Woody Harrelson is is actually like a guy who hypnotizes people. He's the most dangerous man in the world. And uh, yeah, he definitely is. Wow. And and he is. It, he, I think they gave him a good story eventually, actually, because there was a there was a point in the movie where I was just kind of losing that character because I was going. The stuff that he was doing, I was I was just kind of going, you know, how is he not like a billionaire, right? right. Because he obviously point, would he be, be, right? right. And and then we at least get a little bit of explanation for that. You know, he he got robbed or whatever. Right. His partner took all his money or, you know, whatever. And, and uh, he's had some trouble with the law maybe right. or something. Anyway, um, but he is like a hypnotist and he, you know, has his little shows that he, he does. And it's almost like – and then um, the girl is – Eastwood Fisher. Uh, I don't know what she is, actually. She's an she, escape artist. She's, well, yeah, she's Basically. an escape artist. And she used but, to be Jesse Eisenberg's assistant, and she went off on her own. Right. But where she is, I don't know. She is in some weird underground New York right. magic club it's, it's like circuit she's doing, that right. I don't really know well, anything this is, yeah, about. Yeah, this is interesting. Right? Jesse Eisenberg is the street magician who's doing things like on the boardwalk or in, right. you know, in Las Vegas. Uh, Woody Harrelson basically is doing his tricks like it seems like in an old folks home or a travel agency in Florida. Right. He's he's at some weird place Franco where is, he's ripping people off. Right. Basically. Franco is basically doing his sleight of hand stuff, bending spoons for 20 bucks, 100 bucks on any platform he can find. Boats, docks, piers. Right. And Isla Fisher looks like she's in like a warehouse in New York City, like right. some weird. It's it, it's like it's like Fight place. Club or yeah, something, like, yeah. except that she does magic right, tricks. she does magic and tricks there, and it's like some crazy. It's weird place she's at. I don't, I don't exists, know what that I'm, is. If that really does exist, and I'm confused, uh, and like uh, Franco's character, like you said, he's he's really like a con man. He's except yeah. that he just does magic tricks as right. as his con kind right. of or whatever. But anyway, so the the story is that we have picked them as our crew, right. and they're all basically like, it, to some degree or another, they're all kind of like David Blaine before you knew who David Blaine right. was, or in some cases, maybe after you knew who David right. Blaine yeah, was. Right. Like uh, Woody Harrelson is like, at some point, he had a certain level of popularity, and right. some people did know who he was, and now he's after the fact or whatever. But so there are these young-ish, you know, right. people, or they're not big, they're not famous, whatever, and they basically get picked to come together. Get drafted, yeah, yeah, to uh, to put together these huge acts, which uh, turn out to be robberies. Right. And and even in the like trailers you get like kind of the first one right you see you, you see them say that they're going to rob a bank right. tonight and you, you see know money or falling everywhere and they rob a bank right. and and from that moment on it's basically a it's both a heist film but it shifts gears it shifts gears because then 
the FBI, who's Mark Ruffalo and Interpol, they basically are after them. And then it's a chase movie. Right. Almost all because they're trying to stop them from doing the next trick, but they're racing to the next trick to do it before they get caught. Right. And and uh, there are some parts in the trailer that we get to see where it's, uh, you know, the um, we see them in jail or we see them in the in being interviewed in the lockup. Right. Right. We see them locked up or whatever. And basically what happens is That's a great scene. After, after they do the first heist that they do, right. where they rob a bank in Paris right this second Vegas, while we're doing so it on wherever, stage, yeah. and we realize that that can't be happening or whatever. Right. Well, so the bank really gets robbed, and so they bring them in, but what can you do with them? Right. I mean, <laughs> really, how so, were you there? How were you here? So they let them go because – what could you charge them with? Right. And how ridiculous would you look if you tried to take them to court? And, and, and so, yeah. so they have to let them go. And then their next thing is in uh, New Orleans. Right. And so now it's like, okay, well, now we're on notice. Right. And we're going to so get there. Everyone and... is going to be there right. and try to catch them. And we don't even know what they, they're going to do. We don't even really know if they're if going they're to do anything. Do anything yeah. We don't know that they're going to do anything illegal. Yeah. We're just going to, we're going to, we're just going to spend a lot of manpower yeah. watching them anyway. And then it's just this, uh, you know, try to be one step ahead of the magician kind of crazy thing. Right. And then you've also got – so Mark Ruffalo is, is the cop. Right. He's the, he's the, he's the main cop trying to catch him, whatever. And then you've also got Morgan Freeman in the movie. Right. And he is a uh, famous magic debunker. Right. He used to be the guy. Which but... – uh, you know, he was a magician at one point, and then what his claim to fame now is that he, like, sells digital downloads of videos of him telling how tricks are done. Right. Which I think is I, I think is a, yeah. a, a wishful thinking on the part of the people writing the movie, yeah. because I, I just don't know how well remember, that would sell. Yeah. Actually. Do you remember? For, well, as a magic would have to be more popular for like for him to be. This, popular. Is, this was weird. For like three months, Fox had that expose the magicians show. Right. And I remember it was like the hugest thing on the Internet somewhere for right, magicians. Right. And then it just went away. Yeah. Like that was it. So it, I think they're hoping that was. It, a bigger well, thing. it's. It's kind of funny because that show is like, you know, the perfect example because, first of all, the whole show itself was a magic trick. Right. Because they didn't tell anyone any magic tricks that anyone who wanted to know a magic trick didn't already know. Right. Like anyone who studied magic and wanted to know how tricks were done knew all those tricks anyway. Right. And they just were showing you how the magic tricks are done in like this big spectacular way right. where it was like, it was all an illusion itself or whatever. That and it just very... didn't, it just didn't pan out, but it was, it, it was kind of like that is in the same boat as trying to sell me on this part right. of this movie because right. magic would have to be more popular. Huge. And yeah, there aren't that in, many in order for that, that show right. to work. You right. know, there just aren't people who care. You know, right. it's funny when like America's got talent is coming back on pretty mm-hmm. soon and there's always several magicians, magicians. you know, and half of them get up there, and even when the judges are impressed, I'm like, really? You just don't see a lot of magic, <laughs> right, do you? Right. I mean, and no, you don't, because yeah. it's just not that big. I right. mean, you've got people in Vegas, and that's it. Right. I mean, it's just it's just not that big a thing. But anyway, so that's the that's whole – That's Morgan Freeman. That's the sell of him. And then the whole movie is just, like you said, well, there's it's, one it's, other... just, it's just kind of a, a chase and a – 
and uh, try and catch them? And how are we supposed to catch them when right. we have no idea what they're going to be trying to do? Right. And when they do it, is there any way we can even arrest them for it anyway? Right, and so, so there's a right. whole bunch of variables going on where, mm-hmm. you know, imagine that your master criminal was just, you know, standing in front of you going, you know, <laughs> I'm me. going to steal your right. girlfriend. Right. Right. And, I mean, and, right. right. and so then it, and it all is yeah. just yeah. action and everything. And then you hated it. <laughs> yeah. It, well, for me, there was, there's a lot of problems with the film and there's a lot of reason why I understand this film is going to be really, you know, big and it, and it's doing pretty well. Yeah. You know, for me, it's got tons of problems after earth, which I'm, I'm happy. I'm very happy about for the weekend. You know, you can get coy with these kind of things and sometimes you, you know, you do it just tongue in cheek and that's what I'm doing now. One of the things that, you know, Jesse Eisenberg says in the film and in the trailer is the closer you look, the less you'll see. Right. And that's a perfect example for the film the closer you look at the fuck the story and the film and what's happening, the less sense any of it makes. You're really just supposed to sit back and pretend what you're seeing is a magic trick. You're supposed right. to not really look to see if you can see the sleight of hand because you're not going to be able to see it. You're right. not you're not supposed to look and see and guess where the dove is going to come out because you you're really just not going to see it. Right. What you're really supposed to do and what I couldn't do because it bothered me so is pay attention to the frenetic pace, the fast cuts, all the unnecessary and necessary action. Right. You know, we've we've got car chases that don't matter, that go on in weird ways and that when they're done and they're explained later are absolutely ridiculous. But what you do – And go on too long. And go on too long. It's not – This will be a surprise for everybody. It's not necessarily that – because there is this one big car chase part and and it – connects to our, our master plan, right? Even though we're not supposed to think of it, you know, who right. knows what we're supposed to think of at right. that point. Um, and I want to not hate that part completely in theory. Yeah. Like maybe somehow that could work. Right. Right. Except that it, it just happens too it long. It, there's no reason well, for it to happen that long. You know, He's got to drive through a whole bunch of New York to get to the yeah. bridge. You know, start closer to the bridge. Right. That's what you have to do. Or well, something. even right. even this even that's a perfect example of one of the things. That, and it's not just I'm picking on a a car scene like a car chase, but it's it's a flood of stimuli to mask the fact that the story has problems. And the way to combat that is to just throw a lot of glitz, glamour, and you know, speed and right. things like that at you. But if you're paying attention to the story, and and I do because that's what I one of the first things that I look at for a film, you come to realize that with each escalation of action that the, the they're called the Four Horsemen, which is a ridiculous title because they don't really represent anything like that. But right. there's four of them, so what are we going to do? The moment they start one-upping themselves after they rob the bank and then they have to go to the next New Orleans job and then the third job, it, you realize that what they're doing exceeds both their their time, like human time. You wouldn't have enough time to right. do all the things that they're doing. Their knowledge, their expertise, their money, even though they've got Michael Caine for a while in the movie who's their benefactor. He's their right. sponsor. And then abruptly is gone. And then like, and, it's just, and then you assume at some point that whoever the mystery person is who brought them together right. 
has money to give them. It has it all. So, but so even, that could even on their cover own, something. And, and but they are. Even still, he would now he would have to be the richest person ever. Right. I mean. Well, even even in that regard, and he could be certainly, but they're in order to pull off everything they need to do, they have to have superhuman godlike ability right. to do everything and to make sure that all the variables aren't there. And that wasn't the movie that I was into. Right. Like, and for me, that's when it started going down and down because I told you at one point, even early on in the movie, it doesn't, it establishes its own rules as being whatever we need to get out of this scene to go to the next one. And right. if they're going to be sleight of hand street magicians who are charismatic enough to get through certain things, I love that. I love the police interrogation scene. I love the magic fight, you know, when uh, Franco and Mark Ruffalo are fighting in that right. apartment, even though that goes on too long, I thought that was really awesome and exciting. Right. And But there are these points where it just gets so silly, like they do these tricks that I was telling you afterwards, like this bubble. He Jesse Eisenberg encases Isla Fisher in this bubble, and she floats like he just cast a Harry Potter spell on her, like right. a real impossible magic spell. And they and, don't and, ever and the weird the, the weird thing is, is that um, there's no reason to have that. None. It, it, it doesn't do anything it, except, except just wow they could, the audience. They could cut that whole scene out, yeah. and the movie would just instantly be better you because said, at least we'd have less of that. Right. And it doesn't tie to anything. There's no reason to have it. It's just some totally goofy thing. Yeah. And you know there are there are big points where that happens, and there are smaller points yeah. where that happens. And I hated every single one of them. And the problem for me was. If this is going to be a movie where it's real magicians doing things magicians really could do, right? then that's awesome. That is awesome. And right. how can we take what they could do and the experience they have and just the knowledge they have about misdirecting people and making things work the way that they want them to, even though you think it's random or right. things like that, then that would be awesome. Yeah. But – there are several points in the movie where all of a sudden we throw in stuff that's like really magic right. or like movie magic or right. whatever. And some of them are small and stupid and you think they're like totally throwaway things. And yet they kind of just kill everything for yeah. me because you, because I'm forced to look at them. And one of them that like stood out to me is when they're doing the first trick, which most of the beginning of the movie I loved. Yeah, it's really fun. like the first, you know, 30, 40 30, minutes, yeah. whatever. Absolutely. I thought I thought was awesome. Absolutely. And and during that time, I thought when this movie's over, I'm going to love it. Yeah. Right. Right. And no, it like <laughs> tricked me. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so so that was great. But even when they're doing that first part, they bring out the contraption that they're going to put this guy in. Right. Right. And all of a sudden, this like weird curtain like floats around and swirls around and everything yep. in a thing that could not possibly happen. Right. Because they CGI'd this curtain to reveal this big machine that, that seems right. like it's alive or something. Right. It's like, really, why do you have to do that? You didn't have to. Why, yeah. why is that the decision that you make? If there are real people doing a real magic trick, they right. have something they'll do right. to reveal the real thing right. yeah. that could really happen. Yeah. Why do that? Yeah. And it was weird because... When that happened right in the middle of the part that I was really liking, I was like, you know, I feel like that's a tell. Yeah. You know, more of this more is of coming, and they want me to just be okay with it right. now to a certain extent. And then you go on for a while, and you, you get mostly okay stuff. And then all of a sudden, there's, you know, the girl floating yeah. in the bubble, and you're like, what What am I watching now? Right. Now I don't know what's going on. And yeah. then they try to explain stuff. 
which could work and should work and was really cool stuff. And they show how they basically like take little magic tricks that everyone knows how they're done and conquer the world by just expanding these little ideas into giantness and then look how we can transform things and whatever. And that stuff's really cool. Except then I start going, you know, if, but if you wanted to do that, why don't you just blow a magic bubble and right. float the safe away? Right. And <laughs> because well, apparently you're really magic, right. so yeah. why do these tricks? Right? There's it was this, just a little crazy. There's this point where the film seems to end, and I'm not going to give it away because that I'm not that kind of mood today anyway. But there's a surprising kind of coda to the film, where there's almost like another additional scene where a lot of the stuff gets revealed because a character that. You know, a character reveals some more information that explains a ton of stuff. And I don't know right, if it right. does it very well. But then you understand that this specific character is, in fact, God. Because it's it's responsible for about 35 years of micromanaging every detail. <laughs> right. And you know what I thought of when after we started talking about it and we left the theater? There's a scene – I know we're running close. There's a scene in No Country for Old Men, and it was the only thing that I could think of, where Anton Chigurh shows up to this gas station – and he's about to kill this old man, and he's telling him to call the coin flip for his life. And the guy wins, and he says, this coin has traveled you know, 28 years to get to this moment. Basically, it's like if Anton Chigurh had controlled that coin's destiny and what pockets it went in and what banks it went to to make sure it got to this guy's desk at this point. Right. That's what this movie is expecting you to believe when this character reveals what's happened. Right. And that's completely undermined. And that's when I was like, you know what? This film sucks. Right. This film sucks. Even and, though I've had fun with it, the fact that they had to do that and show that, and then again compound that with like more real, unbelievable magic—not right. sleight of hand, but and, magic. And, and here, here's, here's That's the when thing. Lost me. Here's the thing for me, and and uh, you know, as we've already said, I I liked it a little bit more than you, and and I was a little bit more okay with it, and there was a sense in which I could kind of just let it go, and play along. But here's. of the script yeah. there's like the the pitch script or something right. that's about 10 pages long right. or something right yeah. and and then there are you know further editions of the script or whatever right. where the vast majority of the stuff that we have problems with don't exist right the treatment like, was amazing there's the first 10 20 pages there's uh there's some version of the script where See, the thing that goes wrong with the movie is that ultimately, like I I told you this before, ultimately the guy who's writing the script, the people who are writing the script, everyone who's everyone who's involved with writing the script, even like, you know, say the producers who are going, I want this scene somewhere in there. And now you will write it or whatever's happening. Right. Are are not the smartest guy in the room. Like the the magician wants you to be because. You know, they are not smart enough to think of everything, or they are, and they know it's bad. Right. But they just, they're just going to have the chase scene anyway because they feel like that's going to sell more tickets or something. So, you know, maybe they are smart and they just are, think they're smarter about making money than they are about films that people will love. Right. Right. Who knows? But, when we're doing like the first part of the scene, it, it all turns out obviously because we know that somebody hires them to do whatever, right? That right. The, the, the whole thing is like this grand machination of whoever, right? Yeah. And in the first part, when it, when it goes through our first robbery, everything that happens, you really could 
yeah. micromanage sure. to that level. You could. Then suddenly we start getting to where what we have to do is we have to drive through New York right. for several blocks right. and get to some place at exactly the right time right. with the cops chasing us and all every other car. And it's like, you know, one person trips in the street right. or, you know, Jay one, one guy yeah. has there's an accident right there or something. Yeah. And it's all over. And there's no yeah. way that guy would make that plan. Right. That guy who is right. smart enough to come up with all this other stuff right. is not making that plan. And then even like when they're in New Orleans, there's a lot of running away, right? right. Where just anything, you know, anything. somebody spilled some oil or, you know, right. it's Mardi Gras, right? Anybody somebody dropped their way. drink. Yeah. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. And the next thing you know, it, the whole plan is Yep. is ruined and there's no way that that's the plan yeah and there's no way no. that there's any running away happening in the plan <laughs> right. as soon as you have to run away you know gone. that eight million things can right. go wrong in a minute but yeah. then that's not a fun that's movie it. with lots of chasing and mm-hmm. action and and are they going to get caught and we are totally going to run out of time right. uh, and now Maybe we're getting now we're getting yeah. interrupted but um we, we are probably going to go over uh, okay. just a little bit but um, you know, for the live listeners, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks, thanks. And we've run out of time anyway, but at least we have the star ratings right. out there. Right. Um, but if you're, if you're tuning in on the <laughs> podcast, um, thanks. I, I I actually we got an email once, and it's a couple months ago that um, I got an email from someone, and I don't remember who it was. It was just like a little thing, but they said that they listened to us live and they listened to the podcast. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, which is uh, well, this is like a completely awesome. But they yeah. they said they listened to the live show, and uh, you know, thanks so much for everyone who listens to the yeah, live show. Absolutely. But then they said they said something about you know, like don't worry about going over because I'll listen to it anyway. Wow, so, that's cool. So that's pretty awesome. But um, we always save the best. Actually, the vast anyway. majority of yeah. of the people who listen to us listen to us on the, on podcast, the podcast anyway. So. And uh, I should say, you know, we are on uh, iTunes and we're on Stitcher and you, whatever works for you to listen yeah. to podcasts, we are there, except uh, a couple of people have emailed me and told me to get on SoundCloud. Right. And, uh, you know, I might do that. I don't yeah. know. But, um, but anyway, you know, as this movie goes on and, you know, what I what I don't like is movies that are trying to tell you that somebody really, really smart is in charge. Right. And look at how smart he is and came up with all this stuff. And then and then you have to go, man, that was dumb. That does. Yeah. And it, it's built around this concept. Like, you know, I swear it seems like there's some producer involved going, we need a car chase and we right. need uh we need this chase where they almost get caught look sure. at how they almost get caught and there's no way that this genius is making any plan where there's any chance that they almost get caught well in if, a way if there was a plan where you think you're about to catch them right and then you were chasing the whole wrong car the whole right. time or something like that yeah. maybe right. Right? right but there's no way that you know i mean uh, you know cars blow tires or right. whatever i mean anything could happen and there's no way that you could plan for everything right and there's no way i mean you didn't just take over new york city and <laughs> right. everyone in that part of new york city is on your payroll and is going to step out of the yeah. way at the right time or whatever and if it goes wrong, there's no way for you to fix it. Anybody who's ever been to New York City knows arbitrarily for any reason whatsoever, they'll shut down a street. 
or a right, block, right. you know, and if you're 20 years ago planning and that street isn't <laughs> right. even there anymore, this comes back full circle because of what you just said to what I alluded at an hour ago with Epic, which is people claim, you know, one of the things that they said negatively about Epic is that it's just derivative. It follows the numbers. It, it just oh, hits right. all the bullet points of things. And and it does, yes. And again, certainly so do Pixar films, and they admit to it. But I thought Epic did it in a way that was endearing and pulled it off. This film, copying, and, and that's fine, you know, heist films and these other films that have these things, like we've got to have the chase scene. We've got to have you catch the criminals. Oh, wait, it's not really the criminals. And we've got to have the mastermind and that, we've gotta that have you never know who it is, right. and but we're going to keep pointing at right. people like maybe it's them maybe, maybe it's, it's him, them. maybe it's her right it, it hits these things in the same way and it fails on every single one of them and that's what i was alluding to originally which is epic does this way better than right. now you see me my biggest problem with now you see me is like what you said the treatment was probably great this film is overloaded with talent jesse eisenberg morgan freeman michael kane isla fisher woody harrelson mark ruffalo and this is the film that they made with all that talent there. The problem and, is the story, and and the story is the facilitator for the director doing what he's doing. Right. The story just didn't know which trick it wanted to pull, and instead, you know, it just it gave you this kind of dud. Right. Like for me, it was and, just like wasted opportunity. And I think that um, I think that there are going to be people who watch it like you. Yeah. Who kind of think of it like. This movie is trying to tell me that I should be figuring this out or seeing this here, and and then it turns out we explain it in this totally crazy way that there's no yeah. way that you could have figured anything out, and that's going to leave like a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. But I think also there are going to be people who can watch the movie and just think of the whole movie as like one big magic trick in itself, right. where you know when you go see David Copperfield. Right. make the Statue of Liberty disappear, it's not because you think that if you look at the right spot at the right time, you're going to know how he did it right. or something. And or it's, or it's just, yeah. You're just supposed to go, wow. Ooh, wow. Except that right. in this movie, at the end, once you're wowed, then David Copperfield goes, okay, and look, this is how it's done. Right. It's like you know that show yeah. that you were talking right. about where, right. where they show you the trick and then they go and, and then look, here's how it's done. But um, – the other thing that I think I had to give this movie a little bit more too, because not only does it have all those people, yeah. but I thought they were all awesome. They were uh, all. Awesome. I thought Every they all were them. great. Every and, one of them. And was it was great. kind of surprising to get this many people together, and yeah. and you know, especially it's a it's a good crowd of people. Yeah. Because not only are they big names, but like we already were talking about, Mark Ruffalo. I like him in everything. Yeah. He was really good, and he was really good at a part that's practically designed to annoy you. So yeah. it's that's even better if you he's could get if you so, can like pull that off. He's right? gonna be so sick of playing cops at this point, though. <laughs> right? You know, thank God for the Hulk. But it's also like you know Jesse Eisenberg. I he's really great. I really like him in yeah. just about everything too. I can't think of anything yep. that he was in that I that I didn't think he was great. And he has a really weird way of you know, almost like not acting, and yet it's genius acting. Right. I mean, and it's it's yeah. really weird, and it works well for this. And then, you know, I mean, Morgan Freeman and Michael Caine. I mean, right. 
you know, what are those guys? What are they bad at? Right. right? And Woody Harrelson is great. He's the only thing is, um, yeah, I thought Woody Harrelson was really good, and I thought Woody Harrelson has like the worst part in this or the best part. Yeah, I guess depending on how you look at it. But that was one of the things that we were saying about uh, this movie is that ultimately, I think if you get rid of the hypnotist, you have a better movie. If you can pull stuff off and try and write stuff in a way where you don't need the hypnotist. Because right. like we were saying, you know, at the end of the day, Woody Harrelson doesn't need this plan. Yeah. <laughs> he He's can, absolutely. He can just hypnotize anyone instantly to right. do anything. And what does he need a big plan right. for? All he needs is the, uh, the right guy who's going to sign over yeah. billions of dollars to him right. and whatever. Who right. knows? And then the next thing you know, like everybody is, you know, clucking like a chicken whenever right. it works for him or right. whatever. Right. But <clears throat> that was kind of a tricky role to like pull off not obviously being just a guy who's going to take over the world tomorrow. He right. just wanted this right. money to get a little bit of and and they don't keep the money anyway, so it doesn't matter. But I just thought that it, his was rough and if we could have just tried to, you know, let's work on the script for another you know, three or four months yeah. and figure out how to rework everything so that we don't need a hypnotist. I think ultimately right. you have a better movie and, and you shouldn't need one really. You, if you're going to have these super magicians and yeah. super, because here's the thing is that hypnotists, whatever you believe about hypnotists and what they can do or where they can go. If you really start looking at this in the ways that you don't like, right which is that you have to uh, think about this plan mm -hmm. too much, right? Because that's another thing is that he's got to be a cop in the right place. And basically he had to have like a whole fake life for like 20 years and go to work every day and be this cop just so he can be a cop at the right time right. or whatever, right? Well, but you got to find a hypnotist that's good. And, right. and that's its own thing that's right hard, there. It's yeah. one thing to find a street magician. Right. And and it's you know it's another thing to find uh, you know two or three magicians who are not doing great but maybe are pretty talented okay, yeah. or whatever and find a kind of a con man type guy or whatever. Yeah. But if you got to find a hypnotist who can just hypnotize anyone great, all the right. time, who's that good? I mean, that's like you know if I could find Superman, what <laughs> right, do I need all right. the other people for? And his and life is one problematic. He's you know? basically shown early on like solving like an adultery case like accidentally and i gotta tell you if he's the greatest hypnotist and mentalist there is you gotta kind of protect that guy because you never know when an angry husband or wife is really going to come at him and end him and then all of a sudden your four horsemen are only three and now where's your big plan and right and it's so many things could yeah go it's just really weird but i think a lot of it would have been better if we had just um tried to find a way to just make it work without him because ultimately he, he's not that necessary. He's yeah. well, you know, fairly. I, I hear what you're saying too. Maybe, but you but... want you want a fourth character for whatever reason, and you want Woody Harrelson in your film, and then you've got the street magician, the escape artist, the right, right. You, you're like, okay, what other genre? Of he's got to be kind there? of something. Well, there's a mentalist. You know, well, so but see, you know, you know what would have been okay for me really what? is is uh, more like if if he was just the mentalist. From right. the mental that would have been who who has on occasion hypnotized people. <laughs> yeah, but he's got nothing on hypnotizing not like this, like yeah. Woody Harrelson, right? Yeah. But all of the stuff that he does, where it's like more mentalism kind of stuff, and he figures out the girl's name that you're cheating on because he right. you know is doing the whole Tim Roth lie to me right. facial twitch thing. Yeah, 
you know, that would have even been better if we weren't just capable of hypnotizing anyone to do anything every instantly. Time, right. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, sometimes the movie really goes wrong where it explains things that it doesn't need to explain. Yeah. Because somehow it makes it think that it's smarter mm-hmm. to explain things that it doesn't need to like when they've got that first guy that they rob mm-hmm. and then it turns out not that they just found out who he was and everything, but they actually made him go to Vegas. Right. That's too far. Right. That, yeah. <laughs> that's more I than know. you should have had. You should have just had find a guy, right. Break into his, you know, iPhone calendar right. and know that he's going to Vegas right. or, right. you know, something like that. I mean, yeah, but then it's like they went and made him go to Vegas yeah. by, uh, Tricking him into right. wanting to go to Vegas. Right. And well, they do. They do. This what, is again. Whatever. This is the. This is the whole. We talked about the prestige, and it's not fair to hold this up because it's. You know, it would be like putting Christopher Nolan against Michael Bay and being like, "What kind of movie do you like?" Right. Sometimes I'm in the mood for both, but they basically did an Inception. They kept bumping into that guy and and putting the idea of Vegas and right, putting chips right. in his hand and saying Vegas around the corner, and they thought, you know, I don't know, maybe that was. Maybe that was a writer's in joke to be like, look, we're going to kind of give this a Christopher Nolan nod, even though it's I don't know. It was very but... weird. But actually, since you mentioned uh, Christopher Nolan and you've mentioned Michael Bay uh, a couple of times, we yeah. should mention that this here's a movie that does not say from the director of anything ever right. because it's uh, Louis Leterrier. Is that Leterrier, Leterrier. or however yeah. you know you pronounce this guy's name, who did the uh, first two Transporters. He did the yeah. uh, Edward Norton Incredible Hulk. Yeah. And uh, he did one of the recent things. else. Yeah, he did some other weird oh, actiony because it was not that not that long back nonsense thing. Clash, Clash of the Titans. Titans. Yeah, Clash of the Titans, right. which uh, that's about how good you right. could expect. So this is like you know not to bag on him or anything. And actually, the first Transporter movie I really liked. I did too. And all the other ones, and I liked, I haven't liked. I didn't. Uh, I, I, I they we were gotta okay. Go, we got to go at some point, but I right, didn't. Exactly. I didn't have a lot of huge problems with the Incredible Hulk, but I, I loved it. You know, better than Ang Lee's version, so it was more refreshing of what. Yeah, it Yeah, sure. But anyway, it. but he's he's clearly like on the spectrum of stuff that he's done before. He right. is more on the side of Michael Bay than he Absolutely. is on Christopher Nolan. Anyway, Absolutely. so now suddenly he's taken on this movie, yeah. and you get what you get. Uh, of these, you, you, you get know, kind of what you might expect if this. Right. If the trailer of this movie had shown you all of the cool stuff, because this yeah. this movie has a great trailer. It has a great and trailer. And sucks you right in, and, and you go, oh, my God, I'm going to love that movie, yeah, right? I did. If this trailer had, all while you're watching that, right, had the things pop up and go, right. from the director, the director of, of Transporter, Transporter yeah. and you know The Incredible Hulk and Clash of the Titans, then by the end of the trailer, you'd be having very different thoughts right. about what you might be going to see. Right. And that's pretty much what you're going to go see. My bottom line, because I, I assume we're getting done here, is I would easily recommend someone go see Epic. And I'm not entirely sure I'd say, now you see me over other things in the theater right now. That's how I feel. I think, okay, now, just because you said it exactly see, like that, I know, right? I know. I think I would recommend this I over, know you would. over things that are in theaters right now, because things that are in theaters right now are Fast and the Furious, which is winning, which I have no love for the franchise. You hate and, cars. And, and, and I, I'm led to yeah, understand not a whole that lot there. you like the franchise better. Or you can go see The Hangover 3. Well, right now, Iron and, Man... And now it's like, 
Uh, Iron Man uh, unless you Star unless Trek. you haven't seen right. things for a long time. Well, that's like, what I'm saying. Like well, maybe okay. Star Trek or right, look, Iron Man. If you haven't been to the movies right, in a long time right. and now you decide to go, exactly. then maybe you can see look, some older things. We right? see films every week, so right. it's basically me saying, look, if it's epic or now you see me, you got to go see epic. Like, of course, anybody who sees films like us, yeah, yeah. they'll have already seen all this stuff. But right now, I would tell people to go see Iron Man 3 I, way before this. Well, sure, but... I mean, Iron Man 3 has been out for a long time. But I still think that uh, a lot of people will have a lot of fun uh, with I know this. they will. And, and, I, and, and I will, will see, have a good time. The frustrating thing is I see it. And, and yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it yeah, more than you are. It like, sucks. people come out and say, ah, oh, that was fun. And you go, ah, you You're bastard, dummy. right? Yeah. And I'd be like, right. eh, I don't know. I think, I think it was fun. I think if you – the problem is that it – it kind of tells you that you're supposed to think about it a lot, and actually, you're not. It, it tells <laughs> so, you. It tells you. Right, so like if, what you, if were you saying, do, you're in trouble. It says we're really smart, and we're the smartest guy in the room, and we're going to make you see how smart we are. But don't really look at it. But don't you're think about it too much. Whole, right. Exactly. You know, it, I see why the film is doing really well, and I see why it's going to do very well. And in part, like what you were saying, it's a great film to see, like what we were talking about with M Nights After Earth. For the conversation alone. Right. Like, this tells me a lot of what people want to see when this genre is there. Right. They, you know, and some films have spoiled that for each other. So. Right. All right. So we are going to go. That's uh, clearly enough talk about Now You See Me. Um, yeah. So thanks very much for tuning in. Thanks. Uh, Next week. And send us your emails. Yeah. Send us your questions. Next week, uh, if we're lucky, we may have another two movies. Right. Because maybe we'll get a chance to see... Fast and the Furious After Six. Earth or and something Earth. or whatever. Yeah. But next week, next week is tricky because the thing that I want to see next week, I'm not sure if we'll right. even get or we'll get a chance to see it because it's, uh, you know, Joss Whedon, right. much do about nothing. I want to see that bad. I don't know if it's going to open here, though, next you, week. You need to or, make that happen. Or who knows. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, maybe we'll see it uh, via, be fun. via other channels or something. Right. But That'll So hopefully we'll have that. And if not, it will be like be something. at the very least After Earth or something. Or oh, great. We, we may be a little little bit behind, yeah. but I want to see After Earth just talk about uh, it. And, and you know that all yeah. the listeners do, too. Um, anyway, <laughs> right. Thanks. Uh, Thanks uh, as we're leaving, check yeah. out uh, the site. And check out the page for the podcast tomorrow. Well, we will have a link because we are still having a giveaway. And you could win every single movie that we review this year. So go to the website and check that out. Find out how to do it and enter to win. So thanks a lot for tuning in. Thanks. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.